Hey everybody, it's Cindy Donaldson uh, with Red Barn Consulting for another episode of Entrepreneur Masters. Today, I have a new friend with me. We've actually uh, connected online, but this is the first time we've met in person. So I'm really excited to bring uh, to the podcast Liz Detterer of Selling with Service. Correct, Liz? Did I get Absolutely. it Absolutely. Right? All right. Well, Liz, thanks for hanging with me today. Um, right before we, uh, I hit the record button, you're like, well, so how should we do this? Should we just like learn about each other beforehand? I'm like, hell no. Let's just go live and uh, see what happens. So Nike style. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So what I love about um, Liz is that she helps women figure out shit when it comes to money. And I hope it's okay that I swear because I tend to do I'm that. so offended, Cindy. I'm so offended. <laughs> So one of my um, one of my hangups has always really been around money. I'm not very good at managing it. So my my superpower is at home. I let my better better half kind of manage that. And at work, the president of my company really handles the finances. So I'm really intrigued to learn about how you deal with people like me, right? That have never really mastered the whole money conversation. I'm good at sales. I can close deals. But when it comes to personal finances, it's just not my jam. It's overwhelming. So talk Well, to I mean, Liz. honestly, personal finances aren't my jam either, for sure. Oh, really? I'm, yeah, okay. no, I, I joke that I'll help you make more money, but then we'll go shopping. Like, that's not, <laughs> I'm not, you don't want me there. You want me on the sales side of your business helping you make more money. But the finance side of it, no, 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 no. Not uh, your thing either. Interesting. Yeah, it's really not. So when it comes to sales, you know, women historically, we've never been taught or even given permission to like say the M word, to talk about money, to ask for money, to have any, um, any relationship with money at all. I mean, it wasn't until 1988 that women could go to a bank and get a business loan without a man's signature. Isn't that crazy? 1988. That crazy. Yeah. Like, so when we look at like, you know, so from a societal perspective, from a, um, gender perspective from, you know, all these different lenses, we just have never been allowed to speak confidently and competently around it about money. And that is the thing that trips us up more than anything when we get into sales conversations is our underlying relationship um, or lack thereof with money. So what was the tipping point for you? Like, how did you start an entire business around this? Because this is the <laughs> stuff that fascinates me, right? Like, cause it always happens, right? There's one magic moment. They're like, oh my God, I've learned something here. I can help other people. What was the tipping point for you? Well, Cindy, I woke up one morning and it was divinely planted <laughs> into my brain. Like I wish, right? Like it was that magic moment. No, not even. <laughs> Tony no. Robbins would be so proud of you, right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Not even. Um, my business, uh, like uh, so many entrepreneurs that I talked to, was born out of necessity. Um, I've kind of always been an entrepreneur alongside my career. I grew up in retail, working in the stores, then moving into the corporate side. I wrote the training program for Carters and Oshkosh. And then it was when I was working at their corporate headquarters, three weeks into the job, I found out I was pregnant. And wow. um, I joked with them. I was like, guys, you know, I'm all about customer acquisition, but you don't need to go putting things in the water. Yeah. And, uh, I thought that was funny. They didn't. But anyways, that's why I'm not there, among other reasons. But, <laughs> but I'm there. I find out I'm pregnant. And, you know, having kind of, you know, played in the entrepreneurial pond over the years, I just kind of had the conversation with myself, like, I either try to start a business now or I have to wait 18 years. And that just wasn't okay for me. So at the time, actually a web design kind of franchise type company had been presented to me. And I was like, you know what? This was almost 10 years ago now. Mm -hmm. um, 
I was like, business owners really need help in marketing, as you well know. Yeah. So I can, you know, I can go out, this, this franchise company can help them. And then I can go out and, you know, close the sale and talk to local business owners. So that's how this iteration of the entrepreneurial journey started was with that. That got me out of corporate, um, then, you know, supported me on my journey to becoming a single mom. Then I'm kind of in the space of, you know, having great conversations with my marketing clients and I'm just hearing them lovingly train wreck sales conversations and literally was with a guy in a store one day and we're working on his sales or his uh, marketing strategy and a customer comes in the store and he's like, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't help you right now. I'm with my marketing coach. And I was like, no, <laughs> you're doing it wrong. That's the whole point why I'm here. <laughs> so I, I got up and I helped the customer and then obviously, you know, sold them some things and a little bit more. And he was like, how did you do that? And I started listening to my clients and started hearing that that was kind of a theme. And I wish that this was like that magic moment, but this, like, I'm a slow learner. It took me a long time to really put all the pieces together, but essentially it was, um, client led and client born. My clients even named my company selling with service. Oh, how yeah. cool is that? I know I did a two day, uh, sales workshop and it was speak your value own your worth. And then I get on social and everyone's like, I'm at the selling with service conference. And I was like, I guess you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's fabulous. <laughs> fabulous. But it so was born because this gap that I was seeing where the women, especially that I was working with, they, um, they were not confident in having sales conversations. And I myself hit a brick wall in sales conversations when I took away the website part of my business and was just coaching and consulting. Um, I didn't have that backing of a product anymore to say, this is my value. All of a sudden yeah. my value was based on who I am. And who am I to put a price tag on myself that's more than 50 cents, right? It's hard. It's, it's hard. hard. And, you know, I've, I've dealt with so much of this. You know, oftentimes, like, the, the cheaper your price, the less value people deem. I, I mean, I've dealt with artists. Like, you look at it, you know, put $50,000 on the painting, and you'll find, yes, you might sell less of them, but you're, you're increasing your value incredibly. If somebody mm -hmm. sees a painting for $50, they're going to be like, eh. It's not worth it, right? Yeah, let me see if I can get it on the internet for free. Exactly. And so people do that all the time. Charge if, if charge $500 an hour. So I I kind of want to feel, you know, hear a little bit more on how you kind of go through that. Pretend I'm one of your customers. I'm a train wreck. Can't sell for anything. People are always trying to knock down my price, you know, say I put something out there for $1000 and like, well, you know, can I pay you 500? Like how do, I hate that, by the way. I hate yep. that. So how would you kind of coach me through that? Well, it's really reverse engineering the conversation to understand, you know, it, it's not necessarily that point in the conversation that's fixed. It's kind of reverse engineering to see how did we get there and okay. what were the conversations that got us to that point. So if that's the point in the conversation where you say a price and they start negotiating with you, not to say that that's wrong, but what led up to that, to where that was negotiating energy and, and ultimately lovingly commodity energy, where exactly. did you commoditize yourself along the way and not own and hold your expertise and authority? Right. So once the price becomes the point, it is a commodity and yeah. they, don't, they don't deem the value. I've always said that people will pay for whatever they deem valuable. Because mm -hmm. if not, there'd be no Nordstrom's, right? There would only be Walmart's. Right. So um, I'm kind of guessing that's sort of your philosophy. So you really need to make sure that your marketing message puts your value out there. 
Is that kind of how you start? Okay, great. Well, it's the marketing message, but you don't have a marketing message when you don't really know what you're doing yet. And you have to do something and get paid for it in order to have that. So that's where me as the former web designer is like, it's a chicken and egg thing, right? Yeah, right. You have to have in every marketer I talk to, they're like, yes, like they, so many people come to me and they, you know, want me to do their website and their branding, but they haven't done anything yet in business. And I'm like, I know. (laughs) So, you know, working just to get that, that first batch of clients under your belt so that you're in motion. So you're in action, having, um, discussions with potential clients helps you to carve out what that marketing message is. So it's really that interesting zone of like, well, what do you say before you know what you're doing fully yet? So what's, what do you think the number one thing holding women back from being crazy successful? we make financial decisions for other people from our own financial positioning and and experience. Oh, so talk to me a little bit more about that. So making financial decisions for other people, this starts in, uh, I mean, this starts when you wake up in the morning, right? And it, and it, it presents itself as obviously as uh, they'd never be able to afford it. You know, it presents itself in the pricing. They'd never be able to afford it. Oh, they could totally afford me, right? That's what it, obviously presents itself as, but the mistakes we make are so nuanced along the way, how we're pricing ourselves, how we're positioning ourselves, who we think we can actually solve a problem for, how we're showing up in different, you know, situations and equations and how we're holding ourselves valuable. That's making a financial decision for somebody else. Ah, so it's kind of like that limiting beliefs. You only think you can go so far mm-hmm. and also imposter syndrome, you know, like I, I could never play in that realm or that's, that's not available to me. I'm not good enough to be there. So do you delve sort of into that life coaching psychology part of this as well? Yeah, but Nike style, shame on us for letting our financial <laughs> you know, discrimination impact somebody else. Just because somebody has more money or you know, they'd be able to afford us at a higher level, shame on us for not making ourselves available to be able to lend our brilliance and expertise to solve that person's problem. Shame on us for not putting ourselves Amen. out there and letting that person be solved by somebody who's only in it for the money. Ah, good. That's an amazing point. An amazing yeah. point. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, shame on us for playing a different game of small. Yeah. So have you seen, that's what we call holy shifts, by the way, that's holy holy shifts. I know. I love that on your website (laughs) and, and the whole Sam thing. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Love that as well. You should definitely check out our website because, and it's sellingwithservice.com, right? So it's, it's got lots of great videos and lots of fun stuff. And the holy shift stuff is great. The, um, so, you know, Tell me a little bit about your clientele. Are you working mainly with younger people or more baby boomers like me? Where do you feel like the biggest group of roadblocked women are? Or is it just across the board? I'd say it's across the board, but interestingly, my sweet spot is with, um, I'm in my uh, soon to be forties and boomers, right? So that kind of demographic. And um, I think the reason why is because we've grown up, like the, the younger generations are experiencing a different relationship with money right now, which is so fascinating. And I'm studying it, you know, to the nth, but my generation and above, we've grown up differently with a relationship with money that really trips us up. And then you couple that with none of us are newborn babies. We all have this, you know, years and decades of rich experience to bring to the table where we can solve somebody's problem quickly at a high level and really have an impact and our relationship with money. So we're doing big work for $3 and 25 cents and it's like enough. Yeah. 
crop it. Yeah. I mean, That's so I'm, I'm 57 and um, I definitely grew up in the era where um, like my parents never talked to me about money. There were very few business owners that I ever knew about. I mean, I was just surrounded by male dominated everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I went to college, got out of college, um, didn't own my own business though, until I was about your age, I worked for other people. But even then there weren't a ton of, there was no support for women in business at that point. And I did sales for a very long time. And the majority of my clients were men, right? And now that I look back after talking to you and looking on your website, I was like, how often did they dictate to me what they wanted versus me showing up and saying, you know, this is what I have. Now, granted, I did sales for another company, a franchise. Uh, funny that you had mentioned that, a printing franchise. But when I went out on my own, I, I, can't, I can't tell you how many like proposals I did and, and, and didn't get the job and, and all of that. And again, it's all this conversation sort of triggering all of those old yeah. memories, right? It's crazy to think about now that I look back. Yep. Crazy to think about. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, the, Talk to me a little bit more about the younger generation because I'm a mom of baby boomer and of baby boomers of millennials. Mm -hmm. I'm a baby boomer, my millennial. And they definitely have a completely different outlook on money and they are not shy about asking for what they want. Uh, and I feel like my generation, especially women, we apologize all yes. the time. Like we won't ask for the raise and we won't do this. And we, we say we're sorry constantly. Constantly. Right? Yeah. Right? yeah. Constantly apologizing, constantly asking for permission. I write a yes. lot of permission slips. Like uh, my key program is the sales school for entrepreneurs and I'm writing permission slips there all the time. Like permission to say that is totally granted. Permission to ask that price is totally granted. Permission to price whatever you want is totally granted. And the younger generation just comes unapologetic. And I love that. And it's not, it's, it's such a welcomed unapologetic energy because it's not this, you know, we think it's, uh, you know, we're growing up in kind of the apology era and, you know, ask for permission to move forward and don't talk about money and all that sort of thing. And the opposite of that is this, you know, gruff chest pounding kind of angry male at the table. But what, what the millennials are, are just doing so naturally for whatever reason is they're, they're owning their power, their feminine power and strength and, and standing unapologetically in conversations. And I'm in, you know, women in sales group in, in tech and I show up, they, um, there's one in particular that I go to in New York and Boston. I just love being around their energy and, um, they'll talk about sales challenges that they have with what they call the old dinosaurs and the men in the tech space yes. don't take them seriously. That's gotta be and tough. Well, you know, it is. And they're sitting there and they're looking at these guys like, I got five years, you five years and you're out of here, buddy. Like, that's okay. You could talk to me like that. That's fine. That's fine. You're going to be gone and dead. Like they have such like, a, I don't care. I just, I'll wait my turn. You'll be, you'll be done and out of here. Like they just, they don't care. They're like, we're the new rise up. We're yeah. And it's so fun and empowering to watch that energy. And with the clients I'm working with, they're fed off of it. And a lot of their teams that they're building are the millennials who are bringing that force to them. So it's, um, it's wild to watch kind of all of this come together. Yeah. So, I mean, I know you can't predict the future, but I mean, how do you feel like the 20 year olds are going to be like when they get to be my age? Do you feel like there's going to be a lot more women entrepreneurs, women going to rule the world? I mean, 
what do you, I mean, do you, do you feel like they're just that much more empowered than we were? Yeah, the tables are going to turn for sure. I mean, we're, you know, so much have been clear, has been cleared um, just in my little lifetime in terms of, you know, what I saw in the 80s as a kid looking out at women in the landscape to what I've seen in the past 15 years in the business landscape um, has really shifted dramatically. And I see things only with the internet, only increasing with um, speed and intensity. Um, and I think that the millennial women are going to rise up with such a feminine welcomed strength that it will shift, shift the tides for sure. So what I deal with, with a lot of my um, entrepreneur clients, women that are probably closer to my age, maybe in their late forties is they feel, and I'm sure you've run across this is when they are assertive, they're coming across very bitchy. Right. Mm -hmm. But when men are assertive, it's fine. You know, they're sort of, they've leveled up. They're like, you know, that's fine. But women, um, it's just a different story, right? So how do you, again, how do you coach somebody through that? You know, when they have this, like, you know, I can't get in there and I can't, you know, if I'm going up against a guy who's say 60 has been there and a very type A personality and they have incredible anxiety going into that sales meeting, how are you going to coach them through that? So mindset number one is adopting, adopting the mindset early and often that they're already a client. Mm -hmm. The guy is worried about getting them as a client, but selling with service is all about showing up in service energy to and for the people that you're in the room with. When you're in sales energy, you're in lower energy, you're in fear, you're in ego, and you're all, always worried about yourself and what you want. When you're in service energy, you're, they're mentally already a client. You're there to serve and support and help and shift the conversation so that they are getting what they need. So the way that you navigate that is you're assertive still to me has kind of this ego type energy to it, but authoritative says it's more like resting back, lower chakra energy, like sitting there very confidently saying, I am confident that I am the best person for the people who are right and best for me. That's authority energy. When you're assertive, you're coming more with lower ego, uh, fear-based energy. Like I have to prove how great I am. Look at me, listen to me. So the shift comes back to, they're already a client, ain't got nothing to worry about here. And um, I'm just going to show up and serve and support them. And the formula to do that is breaking the conversation down into three parts, which I break down into 80, 15, and five. 80% of the conversation is the other person talking. 15% of the conversation is you asking questions. Mm -hmm. An expert asks an amateur answers. So an That's authority great. is an expert who's going to ask the intelligent, thought out, spaced and paced questions. The one who's assertive in sales energy is going to prove their value and go ahead, talk yourself off a ledge, Bob, that's good for you. But I'm going to sit here because I know what's right and best for my person. And I'm going to ask the questions and only 5% of the time do I need to talk. I'm demonstrating my expertise by maintaining confidence and strength in the conversation by way of asking questions. That's brilliant. And my, uh, my very first sales mentor that's what he told me. He's like, you know, you just need, your job is to just listen. Yes. You're, you're, you're just there to listen. And the, the salesperson that talks first usually loses. Mm -hmm. So, and I've, I've remembered that. And I am very much a ADD type A 
So it's very hard for me to sit down and shut up. It is very, very hard for me because I'm the one that wants to interrupt constantly. So um, in my sales situations, that, that's always my challenge because I always want to do something. Like, again, you know, it's, it's, it's really something you have to train yourself. It's a habit you have to build up the whole sales thing. And not everybody is a salesperson. You really need to learn those traits. So I love that you are out there focusing on women, helping them get through this because, and I don't know, we, we are just, like you said, we have different challenges that men do not. Yeah. So yeah. And the talk a little bit more five, about that. Well, the 8015.5 was really designed to protect me from me. Most, <laughs> most of my training has been developed. All of my training has been developed very organically uh, to protect myself from myself, from being like you're saying, you know, in the sales conversation where you hear someone's problem and you want to jump up and solve it real quick because yeah. we're nurturers, we're problem solvers, but that doesn't solve the problem. You know, right. putting a Band-Aid on the, the leg doesn't solve the problem. Understanding why they're bleeding in the first place does. So the 80-15-5 was designed um, to really protect us from ourselves in these conversations so that we can help them at a higher level. And, and when we're in the room with the guy that's pounding on his chest and needs to say everything, we can you know, we can chameleon ourselves to mirror that energy and that's not going to work for us. You know, the challenges that we're going to have in conversations are going to be different than guys. The, the challenges that they have in business are different than what we have. That's just, just the nature of the beast. Yeah. So do you, um, let's kind of talk business now a little bit. Do you actually go in and do corporate training or main, are most of your clients just one-on-one -on -one entrepreneurs? Most of my clients are small business owners, entrepreneurs. Um, I don't do as many corporate trainings as I used to. I'm really focusing on the sales school for entrepreneurs because when someone is taking the burden of the business on their back, they're approaching a sales conversation very differently than someone who's an employee and getting a yeah. paycheck regardless, even a small one, right? Even a small one that they're incentivized with commission. It's a very different person and set of challenges to address and overcome. Yeah. Well, it's your baby, right? Yeah. I mean, I've owned several companies and when your name is on it and you know that you have to cover payroll and you have to pay the mortgage and you got to pay the kid's tuition or whatever that is, you are very tempted sometimes to, to take anything. And that is such a mistake. One of which I've, I've done in the past, right? When you start taking the wrong clients and you, you don't sell something for what it's worth, right? It's, it's just, it's a disaster waiting to happen. Disaster. The most expensive thing you can have in your business is a wrong fit client. Oh my God. I'll never forget. We had um, a client here at Red Barn and it was about, I don't know, a 75, $80,000 a year client. So someone significant. And this guy drove everybody crazy. And we were sitting in a little team meeting at my house and everybody was bitching about him. And I said, listen, we can fire the client and, you know, cut back on the Christmas party. There's no bonuses and, you know, no blah, 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 blah. No, no extracurricular activities for the rest of the year. And immediately everybody just said, yes, it was that toxic of a situation. Wow. Yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah. And for, as a business owner, that was tough to get rid of the $75,000, but you know, it just, it wasn't worth it in the end. It, it never wasn't is. worth it. 
Because what happens, especially in the early stage entrepreneurs that I work with, is when they take on a wrong fit client, which you, we always do. If you're not taking on a wrong fit client, you're not taking on enough clients, right? Yeah. So it, it, it's, not, it's not an if it happens, it's a when. But when, when you stay with them for too long or you take on too many of them at a time, you start to doubt yourself and the spiral starts to go downhill. So in business, we're at, it's motion, right? We're either spiraling yeah. up and growing and moving forward or we start to spiral down and that can happen very quickly. Yes, and with it can. The client, you can <laughs> spiral very quickly because it's, well, they don't like me, so I must not be good enough. And again, these are female problems. Men don't necessarily think this way. They, they don't do not. personalize it. And that is something that we, that's a sale to me that falls under everything that we do with selling with services. It's because how can they go out and continue to sell with service if they're doubting their own ability? And it's just that they've got this one PETA client. That's all that it comes down to. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's, I see this a lot when people are just launching businesses because I do a lot of that. I help people kind of leave their nine to five job, launch a business. And we spend a lot of time talking about your target client profile and who you should be working with. But inevitably, you do have to pay the bills, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you coach people through that? You know, maybe there's some clients that really don't fit. Should you take them if you're just starting and you don't have a lot of money? The reason why is because you're going to learn what is it about that client that doesn't work for you and why? Yep. And you're going to learn what about that client does work for you. You're going to get stronger through the process. You're going to develop processes. You're going to, hey, if you've got a client, guess what? You've got to send them an invoice. You need to create an invoice now. Yeah. If you've got a client, you've got to send them a terms of service agreement or a contract or whatever you call it. You've got to create that now, right? Mm-hmm. So all of these beautiful things are going to be born just by virtue of you having a client. And oh, by the way, you have a client. Now you have a testimonial. Yes. Even if it's that Sally was great to work with, like it doesn't matter. It's something right. to get you started and clarity comes through action, not through thought. So even if it's a wrong fit, this is where I also tell my people, don't get married to a client out of the gate. No one year programs, no six month programs. 90 days is the max you can take on a brand new client in my world. Oh, that's great advice. You don't know yet. You don't know yet. You know, and 90 days is enough time to say, whoop. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Have a nice day. <laughs> now, do you feel like, I mean, I've been doing this long enough that I'm, I'm pretty clear on, you know, what my avatar looks like. So do you give that advice? Do you even do that for yourself now? Even brand new clients are only 90 days or do you take on longer engagements? I have two ways that I work with people and that's a strategy day to get to their five points to profit, um, which probably then I could send them off to you to then, you know, make it all come together, really building out that initial sales strategy. Um, And then the second way I work with people is in the sales school for entrepreneurs and that's ongoing because your sales don't go away and I don't believe your training should either. Um, But I personally, um, I don't work with one-on-one clients for an extended period because it does start to take on a therapy coaching dependency (laughs) kind of energy and whether that's me projecting it out or them bringing it in, I don't know. Um, But it, it, it keeps them in um, process versus, versus action. Oh, interesting. So tell me a little bit about your school your entrepreneur school. Yeah. So the sales school for entrepreneurs is we will, we're building the plane as we're flying it. Um, it's, uh, it's super fun to watch these women come together in this group, supporting each other, but we're working on the necessary actions to do outreach, to have conversations, um, because 
as I said, clarity comes through action, not through thought. So having conversations with other people, teaching them the tools, the tech, the talk to be able to do the little itty bitty things like how to get somebody on your calendar. If you want to do some outreach to somebody, where does that go? You, what's the call to action? Let's get them to the calendar. Okay, now you're going to have a conversation with somebody. What's the framework for that? Okay, cool. Now what's the next step? What's your process? Like all the little, little so many programs are out there teaching concepts and theories and ideas and niceties, but nobody's teaching you how do you connect the neck bone to the ankle bone in your online business? How do you get someone from an email, not a marketing email, but an actual you know, contact with somebody to yeah. the phone. How do you get them to the phone so that you can have a human conversation? Nobody's going to give you $5,000 to be a client if they haven't talked to you over the phone. That is true. That is very true. So just breaking it down into absolute simple, you know, simplicity. There's my genius. <laughs> simple simplicity. But especially with the market that you and I are both working with, they don't want to build Willy Wonka mobiles. They don't want to build huge tech 18 wheelers. No. They want to have a boutique business where they're working really well with their clients intimately, know how to get clients and when to be able to turn off the pipeline so they can go to Ireland for a month. Yep. That's what they want. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that it, comes down to this little itty bitty baby nitty gritty. <laughs> yes. So the, um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, back to the, the, uh, the school. So what does that look like? Do people, do you like launch it every so often? So you have, or is it sort of people can come and go? It's rolling enrollment, so they can come in at any time. There's a library of uh, training material that's there uh, with a fast track, so they can come in and get started. Um, it, you know, pop in at any time. The ongoing trainings are non-sequential, um, and it really is like sales coach on demand. We have uh, twice a week training calls, a Facebook group that we're supporting in between. Um, you know, the assignment this week as we're doing this recording is that I had everyone work on their introductions, not the elevator pitch, but when you're networking with somebody and you're like, oh my God, can you introduce me to Bob? Um, you know what? I have a quick two-liner introduction that I wrote. Let me send that to you to make it easier. That introduction, that's selling with service. I took a Sandler course, gosh, probably like 15 years ago. And one of the owners of the Sandler company did that with me because she wanted to get introduced to somebody in my network and she sent, and I thought that was genius. And I do that all the time now. Yeah. It's, it's such a little trick that is, it's just, it's just freaking brilliant. So, so it was like a link to my website, my contact information, and like a sentence on who the hell I am. Yeah. Cause what gets scripted gets said and what gets scheduled gets done and what gets, you know, sent to somebody else is going to get forwarded along to somebody else. So just make it easy for people. So that was like this week's training. And then we have a, so training Tuesdays and follow up kind of free for all Fridays where it's hot seat, open coaching yep. challenge and, um, you know, let me just get in and love on everybody's business. So let's, let's talk the internet because I mean, when I first started selling, I literally had like the yellow pages and a telephone dialed for dollars, got in my car and my secret weapon 20 something years ago were chocolate chip cookies. I'm a baker. And I used to bake a batch of chocolate chip cookies every morning, box them up, put them in my car. And when the cookies were gone, my cold calls were done for the day. And I, it's truly how I built my business. Was I love cookies. it. And, and then, you know, the internet came and it's a whole different game. So do you like have any tips or tricks on how to 
show up and connect online versus, cause I know you've mentioned the phone a lot, which yep. I am not a great phone person. I'm very good in front of people and I'm a huge email marketing fan. It's a big chunk of what I do at Red Barn. So talk to me about the internet and connecting and being real. Yeah. So um, we run a five-day challenge called the Conversation Creation Challenge, where we really break this down very simply. How, and it's a free challenge. It's a Facebook group, totally free, because I want everyone to just freaking be human in their outreach. So we <laughs> teach them literally the tools, the tech, the talk of what to do. But it really comes down to, you know, uh, raise your hand if you've gotten one of those freaking LinkedIn spammy messages. I think, great to connect with you. You came across my radar and like, pfft, really? Real, like enough, enough of that nonsense. And they immediately so, try to sell to you. Oh my God. And they're cut and pasted. Oh like I actually on LinkedIn, there's this one guy that reached and I'll pretty much connect with anybody on LinkedIn because you never know who they know. And it's worked well for me in the past 10 years, but this guy actually sent me the same message twice. So it yeah. was cut and pasted. I, I reached, he goes, well, sometimes I cut and paste. I'm like, dude, bad move. Or yeah. they get the, you know, the cut and paste and it's the wrong person's name. Yeah. Like, I don't know who's teaching them this, but yeah, forget the in-mail dudes. Forget. Somebody's out there and they're using bots and stuff like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, what it comes down to is just, you know, being a human, like we all have enough, the internet was not born yesterday. We all have enough contacts on social media that we actually don't need to do another piece of new outreach if we just engage with the people we already have. Yeah. So how do you get the people you already have in a conversation. And that's the essence of what we teach in the conversation creation challenge. And then from there, oh, look, you have a human conversation with another human who's already opted into your world, who already said, yeah, I'll connect with you. And now you have a human conversation. And now who knows what's going to come of it? A podcast interview. Um, I'm speaking on a stage next week that came out of one of these conversations. Um, people are introducing me to, you know, do a chapter in a book or do a this or do a that. And right? science comes out of it. Like, yeah. So much magic comes out of having human conversations. But the reason why people aren't doing that is because they're afraid it's going to be that awkward networking conversation of like, so what do you do? Do you come here often? Okay, thanks. And then they yeah. don't know what to say. Or you end up in a conversation time suck of somebody telling you the life story. So in the conversation creation challenge, we give them the framework for how to avoid either of those scenarios and have a, a human productive, engaging conversation without an ounce of sales energy. And how do people access that? Cause that's really cool. Is this, it's a Facebook group. Is it an open Facebook group? Yep. Or? Open Facebook group. Well, they have to like join it and everything. Yeah. Free. Um, conversation creation challenge.com. Cause I keep GoDaddy in business. So <laughs> <laughs> I have I a do domain too. name problem. Uh, <laughs> Right. And then you get the little notices every month. This is yeah. a renewal. And I'm like, I don't even know the hell I bought that. And then I was going to do big things with that domain. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I am. Conversationcreationchallenge.com takes them right to the free Facebook group. We run this challenge about once a month. Um, and every challenge, we almost double the group size because wow, good people, for you. Yeah. Cause they see the results and they're like, Oh my God, I had no idea it was this easy. And the results are so legit. Which is a great selling tool. And I know that um, a lot of people get hung up on this and they feel like they're giving away a lot of stuff for free. And that's part of your pitch too, that you don't want to give everything away for free. But there's huge value in showing people your talents and serving your, your tribe and serving your community. And that's what you're doing there. And I, I really like that a lot. I love it. Well, 
about the giving away for free, it's a yes and. When we're afraid that we're giving things away for free, again, back to that sales and service energy and mindset. So when we're afraid that we're giving things away for free or too much of it, we're in sales energy and we're thinking about ourselves and we're operating from scarcity, that there's not enough. Right. But when we're in service energy, we're not afraid to give it all away because they're going to keep coming back for more because right. the reality is they still need our help to be able to do things with it. And this is from, I'm an over-deliverer, absolute nurturer. So I did a lot of work around boundaries to try to help me figure this out. And, you know, we think of boundaries as like this iron gate that comes down between us that says, you stay over there and I'll stay in my sandbox and don't come near me. I have a boundary, right? That's not warm and inviting and certainly not right. strong and energy. So I flip it around where a boundary is more like a ladder and I've worked my way up the ladder and my tribe and my family and my people, we're all up here a couple, not too high up. I'm afraid of heights, but we're a couple <laughs> rungs up the ladder, maybe like three <laughs> rungs up the ladder. And I've got my people above me that I'm holding and supporting. That's my tribe. That's my daughter. That's everything, right? If someone comes along and they want to play with us, absolutely. Come on up the ladder. We'd love to have you in. But if I bend over and try to get off the ladder to bring them up and in, I'm going to jeopardize the integrity of this entire structure that I built. And that's not fair to the people who are here with me already. So the boundary is you can come and play if you meet me at a certain point. And that's professionally, that's the sales call. That's the point of action of saying, yes, I can't help you anymore unless I actually get into your business and start touching things and clicking things. That's a boundary. That's healthy service energy. So it sounds like you've done a lot of personal development work. Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm kind of a junkie with that too. So who are some of your favorites? I've been uh, really geeking out lately to Wayne Dyer. Um, so he's kind of one I listen to daily. Uh, definitely Marian Williamson. I'm quoting a return to love in all of my talks and everything that I do. Um, she's huge. Um, Sheryl Sandberg, lean in, listen yep. to her. And then honestly, my personal development uh, journey started um, blessing and a curse. My daughter's father is just a very mean alcoholic. So I got introduced to Al-Anon um, pretty early. And uh, just the concept of, of all of the, the 12 steps and the higher power and, you know, putting the focus on us, that really was a foundational element to all of my spiritual teachings. Good for you. Good for you. And it sounds like, um, I mean, have you ever thought of going into the life coaching or write a book? I know you do a lot of public speaking, but you're very passionate about it. So what's yeah. kind of the next... <laughs> What's the next step for Liz? Yeah, the next evolution is definitely bigger stages, bigger groups. You know, our tagline at Selling with Service is helping more people to help more people. And I can't continue to do that playing different versions of, of small. So bigger stages, um, speaking to about 200 next week, which is great. And then, you know, bigger from there. Um, definitely a book down the road. And right now it's just really getting into sales school, helping the students that are in there, growing the tribe. Um, and just watching the women blossom in their businesses and um, getting them to get out there and help more people. And I think that's the best way that I can pay my work and my message forward is through the clients I'm working with to go make it easier to do work with more people. Because if every person that I'm helping is paying this kind of energy and message and thought process forward to their group of 20 clients a year and then mm -hmm. their group of 20 clients a year, like, 
I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, it creates a movement at that point, and that's really powerful. Yeah. That um, you were an instructor at Women's Business Development. Yes. Uh, I've I've done that too. I did it for about three or four years um, and really rewarding. Had a great time working with all of them. Yeah, great organization. organization. Um, What other, I mean, go ahead and pitch your business now. So how do people join your, your course, your school? Easiest thing Let's to sell do. Some stuff. Yeah, right. Let's sell some stuff. I, you know, selling with service here, the anti-salesperson that I am, um, giving the 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 free the free invitation away to the conversation creation challenge is really the best way to come in um, for those who are action takers. Right? They want to come in and they want to learn and they want to do because it is mm-hmm. a five day challenge where um, it's not just sit back and learn and think about it. It's there's a homework assignment where you're actually doing things the first night of the challenge. Um, so that's the best way. And then in between the challenges, like I said, I run those about monthly. So if someone comes in in between a challenge, we still have teaching Tuesdays and follow up Fridays within the conversation creation challenge as well. Okay. Value helping them to, um, continue to learn and apply what they're doing. Conversations should be happening every single day. And I just want to challenge people to do it in a better way. Okay, great. And Tell it, and your website is sellingwithservice.com. Yes, ma'am. And people, you're open to connecting with people on LinkedIn. Always. Always. Is that kind of your main place where you make connections? I think that's where, did you and I connect on Facebook as well? I think so, LinkedIn? yeah. Yeah, I think, I think both places. Um, I, I play on both equally and I just hired, uh, my marketing team just doubled in sides, which I'm so excited about. Um, so I have someone who's going to be um, opening up the Instagram doors for me in a more professional way. Currently, it's just a snarky playground, but we're yeah. going to be brushing it up a notch. Um, sorry <laughs> to my seven followers. Um, <laughs> I know it's kind of a snarky playground for me too. I know but- it's fun, but it, it is. it's, it's such an opportunity ground and I'm just missing the mark by not connecting with people there who really need, you know, some freedom in their business, um, and power in conversations and then YouTube. So that's where we're going to be playing on a go forward, which I'm super excited about. Well, this is, has been an amazing 40 something minutes learning I know, about right? you your business. Fun. Um, <laughs> so I encourage everybody to check out, join the challenge, um, go to her website, sellingwithservice.com. Liz Dedera, you are just a breath of fresh air for like, Thank you, you know, a Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> I'm going to get ready. And now I'm energized to go out on my run. I so love it. Thank you for that. I appreciate Absolutely. it. And uh, we'll close it up then. So thanks again for spending some time with me, Liz. And this is Cindy Donaldson uh, with Red Barn Consulting. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Entrepreneur Masters. <laughs> <laughs>